0: Let's in prayer. Let's pray. God, we ask that you will speak to us, that just as how we have looked at Scripture, the words that you have left for us throughout thousands of years. Lord, would you help us to understand your truth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Life is full of questions. One of the biggest questions that we usually face is this particular question. Where to go for lunch, All eh? right? Right? You can put a, a group of people together, uh, degree holders, doctors, engineers, after one hour of discussing, they still cannot answer the question where to go for lunch. Uh, sorry, next slide. Huh? Now, thankfully, in our church, uh, immediately after our worship service, you don't have to waste your brain cells <laughs> on thinking about that question, right? Because we we have lunch that you are able to pick up uh, after service. So, just a quick advertisement: after service, uh, if you if that question. Is in your mind and you don't know how to answer, don't worry about it. Here, you can have lunch here, okay? Now, uh, this morning I wanted to examine two questions that I believe can be answered in the scripture passage that was read to us just now. And the first question is What is the point of life? Sorry if this is a little small, I, I did a screenshot from Google Trends. Google Trends is basically a, a part of Google, the search engine that allows you to see how often is a particular topic or a particular term uh, searched over what period of time. Okay? And this particular question, what is the point of life? If you look at the graph the, from left to right, That represents how the 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 years okay so all the way on the left is 2004 when they started recording these statistics in uh, when when I don't know if it's when Google started or what okay but basically when when they started recording statistics on how many times words were searched so in 2004 all the way until today so all the way on the extreme right is today in December 2023 okay and so the number of times these these words have been searched, what is the point of life? The frequency is represented by the graph. Okay? And so if you can see it squiggles, right? Squiggle, 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 relatively, it's increasing a little bit. And then suddenly it jumps up, right? And the peak of that jump, the peak when that search term has been searched the most. Uh, So, it's calculated in percentage. So, the 100% peak, the time when that search term was searched the most, is in April 2022. Okay? Also, so that's the first question. What is the point of life? The second question, does what we do matter? Okay? Does what we do matter? And if you look again, it's the same graph, same trend, increasing gradually until a sudden jump and again, the peak is around April 2022. Now, can you think of what was happening in April 2022? Think back. April 2022, what was happening? What was life like? How many of you say uh, "Woke up? Noah, how many of you say uh election no covid pandemic also no okay never mind the answer is covid pandemic okay uh in april 2022 the covid pandemic was not at its peak uh, interestingly these questions what is the meaning of life and that's what we do matter uh is not searched the most at the very, very peak of the COVID pandemic. It's not the, the biggest surge of cases, but it is actually during the second largest surge of cases. If you can remember, in April 2022, the vaccine was already widely distributed. Yeah, so it wasn't the threat of severe disease and death that most people were worried about at this point of time. Okay, so that was not what was driving people to ask this question. It also wasn't a period when people were being quarantined for months on end. You know, that was happening in 2020 and 2021. So people were not going crazy from being stuck at home with each other at this point of time, April 2022. But April was around a period when many people were starting to accept that COVID was not going to go away anytime soon. And it was something we had to learn to live with it was a period of having to adjust to a new normal a new season of life when we really didn't know what the future held and for many it was a time when they had to gather the courage to venture out into this different world from what they were used to in the past three years and this was also about a month after russia invaded ukraine adding greater uncertainty about the future. Now, thankfully, looking back, COVID numbers continued to trend downwards, right? And people gained more hope for a post-COVID world. And so if you look around you, many of us not wearing masks, right? Uh, we, we do still take tests and that sort of thing more to, to not infect other people. But we don't have that same crippling fear uh, that, oh, I'm going to get COVID and die, right? So, but if you look at the the Google trend again, which correlates, even though COVID trended downwards, uh, so let me go back. uh, Even though COVID trended downwards, after the, the peaks, these questions remain trending. What is the point of life? and does what we do matter they continue trending they are still relevant up to today in fact we're almost near the same peak in how many times this question has been searched and i suspect that's because the pandemic forced us all into a massive time out when over at least over a period of two years we were forced to consider life's biggest questions what is the point of life does what we do Matter, and so today I want to share with you a, a very simple message, and that is that our choices made in this life make a difference in eternity. Okay, so if you forget everything, this is one thing to remember: our choices made in this life make a difference in eternity. Now some some choices are of greater importance than others where we choose to go for lunch, maybe it will affect our mood for the afternoon. If we go and have a big plate of chicken rice, maybe you feel, oh, very satisfied. Oh, very sleepy in the afternoon, right? Uh, or if we go and we have a triple-times-extra-spicy ayang ID, mede, uh, then it will affect how long we spend in the toilet later today, right? But some choices, affect much more than just our afternoon some choices affect so much more than just today the impact of some choices can go beyond even beyond this life some choices the impact of those choices go into eternity the rest of time forever today we are looking at two kinds of choices firstly the choices that we make that affect ourselves And secondly, the choices that affect others and ourselves. The choices that we make that affect others and ourselves. Let's look at the first one. The passage that was read to us just now from the Bible, from the words of Jesus. In a couple of weeks' time, we are celebrating the birth of Jesus. And that's Christmas. Christmas is a big deal because that's when God comes into this world to be with mankind on earth. But today's passage is not about the birth of Jesus. It's not about how God comes into this world for the first time. Today's passage is from a period near the end of Jesus' time with mankind on earth, near the time when he's about to die on the cross, before he's about to die and be raised to life three days later and fly up to heaven. Before he leaves, before he dies, before that happens, he tells his closest followers some very important things. One of those things is that even though he is leaving, he will come back again. He will come back the same way that he will leave. Okay, so he flew up to heaven, he'll fly back down from heaven, okay? So that is known as the second coming of Jesus Christ, that Jesus will come back again. And when he comes again, the world as we know it will end. How that will happen, when that will happen, we won't know, we don't know, right? Will there be earthquake? Uh, will there be like all kinds of uh, explosions? Will there be like, uh, you know, apocalyptic events? Uh, or will it suddenly just be, you know, Things that life as we know it, suddenly, uh, we we are standing before Jesus. We don't know, right? Uh, There are signs, but I won't get into that. So Jesus told his followers, he will come again. That's the first thing. The second thing is that while waiting for Jesus to come back again, he was telling his followers, he was telling people, be prepared. Be prepared for the time when he comes back again. Because when he comes back again, he will come as a judge who judges all who ever lived. So how were people supposed to prepare for his return? He wasn't asking them, prepare for my return, make sure that you uh, are healthy, uh, make sure that you uh, go and you know, uh, clean your house, not that kind of thing. Today's Bible passage tells us that we are to prepare for the return of Jesus by making the right choices. Now as human beings, we tend to always think that we are always right. You can ask my wife, huh? anytime we get into an argument, I always feel I like am right. Yeah. Korea. Every time, even if I don't say it, I feel it. (laughs) I'm right one. Other people must be wrong. Everyone else must be wrong. I'm sure I'm right one. And I know I'm not alone in this. How many of you feel like you're right whenever you're in an argument? Okay, handful of honest people today. (laughs) Okay, We usually think we're on the side of what is right. Anyone who disagrees with us is wrong. But if you go into a court of law, Who determines what is right and what is wrong? Well, actually, it depends on the legal system that you're following. Uh, Okay, either a jury of your peers or whatever, but at least in the the legal system of ancient kingdoms that the Bible passage is probably referring to, the king acts as a judge, right? So you say judge. The king is the one who decides, the one who judges what is right, what is wrong. And so someone can feel like they had all sorts of reasons to do what they did. They can feel like they are justified, uh, they they are right in thinking that uh, they were correct to steal, they were correct to kill or whatever. They may feel like they are in the right. But what they think, what they feel is right is not always what is considered right in that particular kingdom. And so even though as humans, we always feel like we are right, we know that's not true. Deep down, we know that none of us are always right if we are really, really honest with ourselves. And I will admit, I know I'm not always right, especially when I'm having arguments with anyone. I know I'm not always right. And this has been the case with mankind, that we feel like, We are right, but actually we are not. Uh, Since the first man and woman chose to do the wrong thing, this has been the case. You see, God created mankind to choose the right thing. He gave them a choice to basically live the good life that he created them to have in a close relationship with him. But they chose to do the wrong thing. They chose to disobey him by doing the one thing he told them not to do, or else they would die, that one thing was don't eat a certain fruit. Uh, what kind of fruit it is? Uh, apple, la, durian, la, papaya, that's not important. Okay, The fruit is not important. The eating it is not important. What was important is that they chose to disobey God and that they would eventually die separated from God forever because He's so pure, That only those who are completely and absolutely righteous can have that close relationship with Him. That He cannot allow anything that's not absolutely pure like Him, near Him. And so all of mankind, since then, first man and woman, all the way until now, we've had this same problem. That we're all born thinking we are right. We are are right enough. And we don't need God. Even though we are in reality separated from him and will eventually die forever. But God provided a solution for this problem. When Jesus told his followers about coming back as a judge, he basically tells them, everyone will be separated into two groups. The first group is on his right. Second group is on his left. And Jesus uses the example of a shepherd sorting Sheep sorting goats because even though uh, during that time sheep and goats would spend the day together. Okay, so they are friends. Huh? Uh they will graze in the fields together. They actually have some sort of a harmonious uh, relationship. Uh, apparently, the the I can't remember whether it's the sheep or the goats, but one of them will like eat the roots, and you know, after that, no more grass, and then the other one will only eat the top. And so, leave the roots. And so, they sort of like complement each other in what they eat so that it is sustainable. Okay, and they can continue eating for a long time and not stuff each other. So, they, they sort of help each other in their eating habits. Okay, so they, they spend the, the day together grazing in the fields. But when they are kept safe at night, when the shepherd brings them in at night, they would be sorted. Okay, they would be sorted. The goats would go into a covered shelter because it's more warm. The sheep prefer open air. Why? Hot already, ma. they're wearing fur coat, right? Uh, they are covered in wool. And so they prefer, they, they prefer the open enclosures. And so the shepherd would sort the goats and the sheep into different areas. So like these sheep and goats being sorted, Jesus, when he comes again as judge, he will sort mankind through judgment into two groups. On his right, the righteous. So very easy to remember lah. Right is right, lah. Okay, right is righteous. And on his left, the unrighteous, the not right one. Yeah? There, now notice there is no in-between group. There is no right, left, middle. It is just right and left. There is no group where he will put those who are sort of righteous. Those who are not too bad. No such group. Maybe now you see the problem. That if none of us are completely righteous, that means that when Jesus comes again, all are being sorted to his left, the not right one. The unrighteous are headed to eternal death, separated from God forever. That is the problem that all of mankind shares. But remember I said God provided the solution. How did God solve this problem? He sent Jesus. Jesus, perfectly righteous man. Jesus who never ever did anything wrong. He sent Jesus to die instead of us. To die so that we don't have to die. Now when I was much younger, uh, we used to travel a lot and I consider it you know, people, people will say, oh, you're so lucky. Uh, you managed to go to so many countries. Uh, I will say, actually, I don't remember most of it. So it's, it's as though I never went to that country. But this one thing I remember, at some... I can't even remember which country. La. France, maybe? Uh, anyway, uh, we were in some country somewhere when I was very young. And in this restaurant, we were in this restaurant, foreign restaurant... And I remember looking at the menu, and it's all like... I think it was in French. I don't really understand. Uh, I don't know what to order. Okay, it's all like, oh, shoot woo whatever. Uh, and so I saw something that I could read. And I'm like, yeah, I will order this. Tata steak. Uh, anyone knows what tata steak is? No? Anyone tried it? Uh No? Well, now you must remember, I'm a kid. To me, tata steak is steak with tata sauce on it. right? Tata sauce I know is nice, it comes with fish and chips. And then steak I know is nice also, so put the two together, very nice. But when it arrived, I just stared at it for a really, really long time. For those of you who don't know what tata steak is, it is raw ground beef. Raw, okay? Sometimes with a raw egg yolk on top. For most Malaysians, rare steak also cannot. This is completely raw, cold beef. Heat has never touched it before. So, it's like you go to a supermarket, you buy the the ground beef and then you take it out and you start eating it, right? So, I just stared at this dish without knowing what to do, and thinking, oh no, I'm going to be so hungry, I cannot eat this, right? And what happened was, eventually, my father uh, swapped his dish with mine. He ordered fish and chips, I think it was fish and chips, lah. he swapped it with me, he started eating my Tata steak, because cannot waste, lah. it's so expensive, you know? And I could tell that he really, really did not enjoy what he was eating. Now, some people say, you know, Jesus died for our sins. Jesus died in our place. No big deal for him. Lah. He's God, ma, right? Why is his death on the cross such a big sacrifice? Uh, even though Jesus is God, yes, he was also completely human. He was fully man, meaning that he felt all the pain, he felt all the suffering that came with a slow death of hanging on the cross. And so when he paid the price of our death, when he died instead of us, it wasn't no problem for him. It was a big problem. He struggled knowing that he was going to die for, in the place of others. He really, really did not like what he had to go through and still He died in our place because He loved us. He still paid the price of death so that those who believe in Him don't have to pay that price of death. Because that's what Jesus promised everyone, that if we believe in Him and we follow Him as our Lord and King, we will have eternal life because all the wrong things we've ever done in our lives is forgiven, cancelled out by His death then we are made pure and we can have close relationship with God again. So what is the point of life? The point is living an eternal life of close relationship with God. The point of life is to follow Jesus closely, follow the example of Jesus who lived the best kind of human life that anyone could ever live. So that's the first kind of choice we make that affects ourselves not just for an afternoon or a day or even a lifetime. If we choose to believe in Jesus, if we choose to follow Jesus, our eternity is affected. We are sorted to experience eternal life instead of eternal death. So that's the first kind of choice. The second kind of choice that we make affects both others and ourselves. Jesus basically tells his followers, that when they gave food, drink, shelter, clothes, care, concern to the least important people among them, Jesus counted all that they were, do- they, they were doing as being done to him. That when they cared for others, Jesus said, you are caring for me. And so basically Jesus is talking about loving him by loving others. Showing love for him by showing love to others. That because Jesus loved others so much, that when we love others, we are showing love for him. It's very similar to some things that he mentions in other places in the Bible. That loving others is almost synonymous, the same thing as loving God. And So what this means is that no person is unworthy of our love. No person is too unimportant for us to love because when we love even the most unworthy person, when we love even the, mo- the least important person, we are loving Jesus. And so the choice to love others, of course, affects others. When we meet the needs of others, when we show genuine care and concern, people don't just have their needs met people don't just feel loved by you. They are also experiencing Jesus' love through you. And when people eventually believe in Jesus and follow Jesus because of the love that you chose to show them, well, that's eternal impact from your acts of love, your simple acts of kindness, your simple acts of compassion. If they are acts of love that are seen as love from Jesus' eternal impact. But how does choosing to love others affect ourselves? Well, firstly, let me clearly say that loving others, doing good to others, cannot take the place of following Jesus. Doing good doesn't cancel out our wrongdoings. It cannot earn us eternal life. Uh, Contrast is bad. Let me read it for you. Eternal life is a gift. You can't earn it. All we need to do is receive it. That's what it says. And so we cannot cancel our wrongdoings. We cannot earn eternal life by doing good things. Only the sacrifice life of Jesus alone is a perfect enough price to pay for all our wrongdoings. But what loving and doing good unto others does is that it proves to us That we are truly following jesus because that's what jesus did he fed the hungry he healed the sick he cared for others he loved others by meeting their needs and so when we follow jesus we also behave like him we do the same good things that jesus would do to those who need it so the choices we make to love and do good to others they don't just affect others they indicate that we really believe in Jesus that we are not just labeling ourselves Christians that we really are Christians who follow Jesus who behave that way and so we behave the same way these acts of love for others can give us that assurance that we are really following Jesus it can be a comfort It can be confirmation. It can also serve as a warning for us about where we currently stand before Jesus as the judge and how he will be judging us when he returns. So it can be comfort and assurance, or it can be warning. Again, good works alone doesn't mean we'll be judged righteous, but it does mean that a complete lack of good works, if there's no good works present in our lives at all, That is a huge red flag that we need to pay attention to if we already consider ourselves judge-righteous. So this is something for us to think about, that if we consider ourselves Christians, for those of us who do consider ourselves Christians, do our acts of love towards other people, even the least important, the people most unworthy of our love, do our acts of love Confirm and assure us that we are truly following Jesus? Or do they disturb us because it indicates that it's not the case? So, does what we do matter? Definitely. It matters for the people we show love to, it matters for Jesus, whom we are showing love to, it matters for ourselves, and it matters for eternity. And so in conclusion, when we think of the word judgment, we usually think of it very negatively. Whenever we say uh, that that person is judging, uh, whenever we say, you know, we are going to face judgment, we think very bad things, right? It's usually a very negative thing. But I want you to consider this, that judgment can be a bad thing. Yes, it can also be a good thing. What do I mean when it comes to judgment whether it's bad or good really depends on which side of justice you're on if you are I'll give you an example if you're an arsonist somebody who burns things okay so if you're, you're an arsonist who knows you're guilty of burning down a house judgment is bad for you because it can mean that if you're judged correctly and you're found guilty you go to jail uh, for burning a house, right? But if you are an innocent passerby, you're just minding your own business, you walk past, suddenly got a burning house there, and then somebody accuses you of burning down that house. Actually, the homeowner is trying to claim insurance. Uh, but you you get falsely accused of burning that house, and you go to court, and then the judgment finds that you are judged correctly, you are found innocent, then the judgment is a very good thing for you. It's not a bad thing. So friends, the good news is that God is a good and perfect judge. We know human judges, not perfect. They can be bought. (laughs) They can be influenced. Uh, They can make mistakes and make the wrong call, don't see enough evidence, whatever, right? But God is a good and perfect judge. He knows everything. He cannot lie. He cannot tolerate injustice. And if we believe in Jesus and we follow him as our Lord, that guarantees that he will judge us as righteous, not because of how good we are, but because of how good Jesus is. And that means that when Jesus comes again, when Jesus comes to judge mankind, judgment is not scary. Judgment is hopeful. It is something that we look forward to. That if we truly follow Jesus, we have the assurance we will be judged righteous. It's something to look forward to. And so friends, I just want to end with this. That the whole point of the Bible passage we went through just now was about getting ready for judgment because it can happen at any time. You don't know when. In other words, don't put off the choices that you need to make, especially the choices that make a difference in eternity. Your choices matter now. May I invite us all to bow our heads in prayer. There may be some of us today who have never taken the step to say, yes, I want to believe in Jesus and follow him as, our, as my Lord. There may also be some of us today who aren't too sure if we're truly believers of Jesus because our lives don't seem to reflect that belief in Jesus. And so, if that's either of you, if you want to make that choice to truly follow Jesus right now, may I invite you to pray with me? Dear God, I'm sorry for all the things I've done that are not right in your eyes. I believe you sent Jesus to die on the cross in my place. Thank you for forgiving me. I now choose to live a life of loving you and loving others the way that you will teach me. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.